Hello and welcome to Forget the Numbers, the ACCA student podcast. I'm Connor and I'm here today with Alan. Hello. This week on the show, we're going through last minute tips designed to help you from right now up until the moment you get your exam. We're also looking at recent news stories, including why Europe's richest man is betting one billion on a department store and one of the largest acquisitions in luxury brand history before we get to this week's student questions. Before I get into our last minute tips, which I talked about this week, or I'm sure yesterday, you will have all noticed that it's Black Friday and probably yesterday and beyond. I think it's everywhere at the moment, but we too are running a Black Friday offer. So for all new LearnSignal students, we have 40% off our annual plans, which are running through this weekend. Um, So if you go onto the site and uh, join today, if you use the coupon code ACCA Black Friday, all lowercase, you'll get that 40% off. Or if you want any more details, just go to learnsignal.com. But if you are thinking of joining, now is the time to do it to get that deal. Okay, so Alan, we're talking last minute tips, which I'm sure this weekend is all anyone cares about and is looking for and something to to help or save an extra Absolutely. few Absolutely, and I, I guess as some of the students will know, Connor, you did it on the webinar yesterday, you were talking about those last minute tips, so I think we'll turn this around today and let you tell them what you thought. Yeah, <laughs> you I, tell I feel I've been saying this a lot. <laughs> yeah, so I think there, there's the three, I think there's, a, there's the three events, there's the week before, there's the night before, and then there's the morning of. And I think we always think that there's different tasks that you could do in different in those three times that will really benefit you of passing. So uh, what's the advice for, I guess, it's the, the Saturday before the exams now. Um, some start on Monday, so the week before is a bit short, but we're a week from some of them. So what's your advice for the remaining time? Yeah, a, a lot of this advice is advice we would have had um, kind of even last week. And it's it's what we'd say the, the week or two leading up to your exam, which is just to focus on a, a few of the kind of key resources, which really just keep your mind focused on the key areas. So things that people would have heard us talk lots about, like the five minute to pass videos, which cover, you know, the focus areas of each subject, what you need to remember, how it's examined. Also, the examiner's report, even if you've looked at this every week for the last few weeks, I would say this weekend, it's essential you're looking at that again, because it's just a final reminder, what are the do's and don'ts of that exam? What do you need to keep in mind that the examiner doesn't like? What are they looking for? So I think this weekend, it's really just reminding yourself and these next few days, what are the key parts of this subject? And all of that feeds into exam technique. Um, I think the one thing, and whether you're doing accounting or medicine, it doesn't really matter when students will say, well, there's so many topics, what do I study? And I think what I would always say is pick the subjects you think are weakest at. Because I think the natural thing, I remember when I was doing exams, the closer it gets to exams, the more, whether it be stress or you just had enough of studying. So you used to do, I used to do my comfort questions, the the things I was good at, but I already already knew well. I think to kind of, to get those extra few marks, the hardest thing to do is concentrate in those areas you know you're struggling with or yeah. we've done. And on top of that, what I'd say is, so the, the areas you're struggling with, but go back and even do questions you've done from those areas before and just cement that knowledge. So we always talk about how you can do the same questions again. That doesn't necessarily mean, like you're saying, they're comfort questions, but mm. questions you've done before that you found difficult, that you know are important topics, use these few days to go through them again. And what I always say on the webinars is, People think it's almost cheating if they do well in those questions. They think, oh, well, I've seen the solution before a few weeks ago. But if you're doing it again and you remember it, that just means your study's been successful, you're in a better place, and you should take confidence from that. And you have that. And remember, it's not about remembering the question. 
it's slightly about remembering the process because the question the exam, the scenario might be slightly different. The application might be slightly different. But having that core knowledge and process and, and kind of structure about how to, how to be able to address a question is, is actually really important. Yeah. My final point, which I just say for these last few days, is all about just re-familiarizing yourself with the exam format. Um, you know, you should all hopefully be very familiar with what that paper is going to look like and have done mock exams. But I always think it's worthwhile those last few days, you know, even just to go through past papers, get a feel for what order the questions are in, what marks are available, what way you like to tackle it. Look at a past paper and think, well, what way would I do this one in? And then the other thing is is the CBE tool, which we've talked lots about these last few weeks. But again, if, if for whatever reason you hadn't used it these last few days, just make sure you're using that, getting really comfortable with it again, so that when you get into that exam, it's second nature to you and you just go get straight into it and you know exactly what to expect. Well, I think you already know that when you're going to exam, the surprise is going to be the questions because you've never seen yeah. them before. So I think that week is key to make sure that all the controllable surprises are controlled yeah. and you don't want to go and say, oh, I didn't know there's four questions in this exam. You, 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 yeah, yeah. you shouldn't be caught out by things like that. It should be just the content of the questions that are new, but nothing else about the exam should be surprising in any way. So that's your week before. Um, and I guess for some students, if they're listening to this on, on the Saturday or the Sunday, they could be looking at audit tomorrow yeah. or advanced audit tomorrow. So what what would you be saying to those people now and for the rest of the, the students who are quickly coming up to the, the night before? It sounds like it's something really bad going to happen the next day. <laughs> but um, but what what's their kind of... We won't cover quite their last meal, but what, <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. what should they be doing? Bring a bit more uh, Christmas Eve, so exactly. yeah, bring a bit of positivity. But what should they be? What should they be doing for that last evening? Because the temptation is yeah. not to sleep for. I won't sleep for twenty four hours. I'll do as many questions as I can. To be honest, it's kind of what you touched on about um, getting rid of any surprises. But I'd more look at it in the concept or the context of getting organised and eliminating those surprises. So things like it sounds so simple, but. The day before, making sure you have your, your stationery, your calculator if you need one, your ID, your exam docket printed off, all of these things that, you know, you don't want to be scrambling for looking for a printer the night before or you can't find any highlighters the morning of. That's all stuff you can eliminate. And, you know, e even the days before, but that you should have everything ready to go the night before your exam. And I've seen people going to exams even when I was doing exams, getting really stressed that they can't find their favourite pen or their yeah. yellow highlighter. And like it really, because I guess you're already stressed, so you, your mind can focus on the the smallest of things. Yeah, and you can be... And you can kind of get kind of really... Upset or upset kind of by, turned yeah. off, yeah. And, um, and I think that it's really, it's really important not to, again, avoid the surprises. So I have everything everything ready, everything packed yeah. away, everything sitting beside the door nearly that you're just ready to go. Yeah, I think the same goes for, you know, just rechecking, even if you think you know exactly, rechecking the time, the venue, the um, your arrangements for how you're going to get there, making sure all that is sorted and there's no room for things to go wrong. Just eliminate any of that unnecessary stress. I know people, you know, it's a you think it's a luxury to say, oh, you don't do any study the night before. I know people will want to do stuff, but I think that's a good time to um, do slightly more passive study, like the those examiner reports, as we said, maybe looking at the five minute to pass, maybe just doing one, uh, one or two questions that you might have done before to keep your confidence, just to get in that rhythm of answering questions. But you shouldn't be tiring yourself out. You shouldn't be staying up all night like the 
the, we talk a lot in this podcast, the benefit of early nights leading up to your exams for having a clear head, because as you said, you're not going to know exactly the questions that come up, but you need to be able to think back of all you've learned and the exam technique to help you when you do get that paper. Yeah, don't feel guilty about sleeping. No, no. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, some people love to brag when they get into exams. Oh, I, I got three hours sleep. Yeah, but, but like three hours is a long exam. And if you're doing SPL, it's obviously four hours. And like that, it's the type of thing that like fatigue catches up in you. Yeah. And and it will catch up in those exams if you're not relatively well rested. I'm not saying that, but you're you're kind of looking at getting that basic six to eight hours. Yeah. But you have to be in pretty good shape, really. Yeah. And then I guess you've woken up bright and chirpy, <laughs> all well rested, a nice breakfast. And what are the what are the things you do? Yeah. And again, like in, it depends on, on what part of the world you're in. Some people start their exams at five o'clock in the afternoon. Some of them are 10 a.m. in the morning. But I think there's a simple bit of advice for that day, no matter what. Yeah, well, one of the things which, you know, people might think is obvious, but which has to be said is try not to change your routine. I, I know people um, who'd go to exams and for no other reason that they have an exam, they wake up and they have four coffees or, or a few energy drinks try to keep your routine try to you know hopefully what you're doing with your study eat as you would normally eat get up give yourself plenty of time um but it's all just just trying not to do anything that could upset yourself as we said before or lead you to be in a rush in any way so that means you know being up within plenty of time getting to your exam within plenty of time which means getting there you know more than 30 minutes early yeah. just eliminating all that unnecessary stress and then I think the key thing is just when you do get that paper is trying to keep calm take a day, deep breath and um, don't rush into it try to really and, and people think exam technique is something that's just you have or you don't but it's something you need to think about so think of all that exam technique advice about planning about time management and you have to be consciously um, actively doing that throughout your exam so you know make sure you you have those points in your head um, and you're actively thinking of them as you work through the paper uh, I have this image of a, a, a ropey player who's taken a, a conversion or a penalty and um, I know people who don't watch a lot of rugby or don't they they see the kickers and the kickers standing there and they're lifting their head and they're doing all their routine stuff before that because they're concentrating on process and actually what they're doing is before kicking the ball they're imagining the ball going over the post yeah. so they're they're and i think a key part and, and you said get there early with your cup of coffee and and sitting outside the exam and kind of going what are the things i need to concentrate on how many i have 15 minutes to read the paper and do my plan i have I have to stick to, if it's a 50 mark question, I can't be longer than 90 yeah. minutes. Having those um, thoughts in your head, that plan very clear in your head going in and kind of rehearsed in your head, yeah. you'll just go in and you'll be able to kind of, you won't have to stop and go, oh, it's a 25 mark question. How many minutes do I need to know? You'll, you'll just kind of kick into to gear. And also I think when you get that part right straight away, the questions don't seem so ooh, yeah, overwhelming. It'll settle you, it'll give you confidence. And it, as we always talk about, it, it just gives you a plan of attack to get through the whole exam. And everybody feels more comfortable when they're in a bit of control. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that's it. I think what we don't have advice for is how to celebrate after the exam. That's up to you. Yeah. <laughs> you can sure do share let us know. Sure, yeah. do let us know. <laughs> I'm too old to be celebrating for too long, so I'm always trying to live through other people's stories. <laughs> so I think that's uh, that's a good idea of, of how you should be spending your next day, a number of days, depending on when, on when you're doing the exams. Um, 
but do do listen to advice. There's only there's only so much you can soak up in 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 a short period of time, and I think being more focused and concentrated on gives you the best chance of passing the exam. Each week at the end of the show, we answer questions sent in by our listeners. You can send your questions in by email to podcast at learnsignal.com or tweet us at LearnSignal. So our first news story today, despite most shoppers turning online to the likes of Amazon and Alibaba, uh, there's one European businessman, Bernard Arnault. Do you know that name? I don't, actually. Interesting. Is spending more than one billion reopening luxury department store uh, La Samaritaine in Paris after a 15-year renovation, which he's funded. Now I so know why I don't know him. Yeah. So he uh, he owns the luxury brand Louis Vuitton. Or oh, the, okay. The, um, the company is, or the group is LVMH, which owns them and, and lots of luxury brands. Um, so it's interesting because despite numerous department store chains having to, to close um, around the world, I know House of Fraser in the UK and Ireland, uh, Macy's in the US have had stores closing. So he's kind of betting against this and mm. uh, that retail's moving online um, and he's trying to go against this in Paris. Uh, and the reason, interestingly, in short, is because of China. And he thinks that... China, Chinese shoppers are really, at the moment, funding the luxury industry's growth. Yes. Um, so he's trying to aim to target these, um, so open this store with about 600 luxury brands, um, which he think will draw several million visitors a year. I'm not sure what, obviously, a high proportion of them are Chinese. Um, yeah, and they'll, they'll have the option of kind of duty-free checkouts. Oh, okay. um, but it's really tailored. I saw some pictures of it. Towards getting towards, people in. Towards luxury, really. Yeah. Even the, the building looks like kind of Sistine Chapel. Are you suggesting painting. that me and you won't be shopping there, Colin? <laughs> yeah, well, um, your Christmas is coming up. Maybe yeah, we'll give buy, ideas buy, to your, yeah, to we'll your wife. <laughs> I think uh, it, it's funny because um, if you've ever been to Hong Kong, um, all the shopping centers are very much... Luxury, and I and I asked a few people when I was there. I said, like, there's hardly anybody in these shopping centres, and I, the answer was, well, they're all like it was Tiffany's and Louis Vuitton. Yeah. I wasn't. I you kind of nearly felt guilty walking into one of them, but the <laughs> the the thing about it was, it's not a case of hundreds and thousands going into these stores. It's it's the few spending lots, yeah, it's, and I think that's obviously that logic, like a, yeah, and, and obviously it's it's like the amount of people in China and they do provide a lot of tourism in Western Europe and they do travel an awful lot um, and there is a lot of money in China yeah. um, and maybe they're not and again and I think the there's whole a culture where that, that that luxury brand idea is has become quite prevalent again and, and luxury yeah. brands are very much on the bounce around the the world and nearly back to our like obviously you've, you've mentioned already we're doing the Black Friday deal but there was I saw a, a report from a bank yesterday and um, yes, it was in Ireland, but as a kind of microcosm of, of shoppers, they mentioned that um, the majority of people who shopped, who bought around Black Friday last year, yeah, but the majority were buying in store, okay, rather than online, yeah. which is which is quite interesting. So yeah. I guess if people are traveling and getting luxury goods, if you're going to spend. I guess if you've that much money to shop there, you've got enough money to travel there. Yeah, and and there's a joy about picking. And I think it, it's, I suppose, trying to bring the, um, not that it's gone, but there, there's a there's a glamour to the likes of yeah. Paris. And I think they're trying to, um, you know, bring that idea back and bring that kind of romance of this 
fancy department store. Um, it's all kind of ironclad staircase and painted. It's like that Mr. Selfridge's program. Yeah, yeah, but, um, yeah. yeah they, they really are trying to do that. And then, as, as you said, I can't imagine the likes of Louis Vuitton are doing their 40% off. I wouldn't have thought <laughs> so. so. These, you, the, there's money in these luxury brands, and if that's the way that that um you know if spending is back in their favor there's a huge amount to be made but yeah he, so this building was bought um i think it's quite an iconic building anyway in paris but was bought for 225 million and then over a number of years and a number of kind of roadblocks it's it's uh, they've put 750 million in um to it and it's it's opening again soon cool so kind of following on from this um we're going to be talking about mr arnaud again so his group, which I said was LVMH, have just acquired, which is interesting, the other company, the other luxury company you mentioned, uh, which is the American brand Tiffany & Co. Mm. So they just uh, acquired them for $16.2 billion acquisition, um, which goes down as one of the largest luxury acquisitions um, in history. So really, I suppose they're, they're, I think he's kind of cemented this com- company as the ultimate luxury company. And they've yeah. uh, 75 brands. I think it covers not just um, clothes brands, but hotels, wines. I think this stands for Louis Vuitton, Mouet, Hennessy. So there's some drinks oh, wow. in there. Um, there's definitely fancy hotels. And then the clothes brands, they have um, Christian Dior, Fendi. I don't know if you're familiar with these. Or they're on your shopping uh, they, the shopping <laughs> list. I, I have heard of some of them. I won't, won't. Um, but it's like a conglomerate of, of kind of really expensive labels, yeah, isn't it? Like, it's quite the... It's the, it's a quite the investment because obviously sixteen point two billion isn't maybe it's pocket change to Mister Arnaud, but it certainly doesn't well. We'll sound get like to it. that in oh, a minute because um, yeah. So which is interesting given that you know I I hadn't I wouldn't recognize the name you mentioned you hadn't, but it actually makes him the third richest um, man in the world. So wow. he's, he's up just behind uh, Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos. So he. The- that's nice company to be in. I know. Um, so that's with a, a net worth of 107 billion. That's the rough. After these deals have gone through, that's what they think it's. And then what you see, obviously, you know, he's he, they're doubling down on the luxury and the retail. Mm. But within his own store, then he's going to have all his own brands within this. You know, you'll have Tiffany's, Louis Vuitton, Christian Dior, and he's funneling them into. Well, his it's one. nearly like he is selling them wholesale to his own stores, and then he's selling them retail. And he's kind of, he's keeping all the profits effectively. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think, interestingly, they, they said, because he, I think he started off with just the brand um, Christian Dior. Mm. And what he seems to do is he finds these long-standing kind of iconic brands, even if they've fallen away. And then he tries to make them relevant and he hires, you know, these top new designers. And I think his idea is always the brand is bigger than the individual. So yeah. he, he, I think, lets people go or they do one kind of season of clothes, but he, he just makes all these brands as relevant as possible and then but I think the benefits I, clearly. But I think if his store turns into anything he's hoping for, it's going to be, uh, that net worth is going to increase by quite a bit. Yeah, so Bill and Jeff, watch out. Each week at the end of the show, we answer questions sent in by our listeners. You can send in your questions by email to podcast at learnsignal.com or tweet us at LearnSignal. So, Connor, the, the student question we've got this week, and um, to be a lot of students listening, kind of, I already know that. I've done it lots of times, but you forget that some people doing exams for the first time. Um, 
and it's kind of it's a nervousness about like and you mentioned earlier is there where do I get everything I need to bring what if I forget something what if they don't let me into the exam so so where do they get everything that they need to make sure that they can actually sit their exam yeah but it's actually all quite simple because there's just one main document which helps and that's your exam attendance docket which you get from your my ACCA profile um, so this is something you need anyway because you have to bring it along to the exam. But what this does is it actually sets out really everything you need to know, not only the timetable, the location that you're, you've um, decided to do the exam, what desk you're sitting at, but it also has all the various regulations, which lots of students are worried about and, as we said, does cause a bit of unnecessary stress. So just things like what equipment you can have, what, mm. what pens, what type of calculator, um, what are the procedures on the day, what ID you're allowed to bring. So if you follow all the information that's on that and, you know, the, the kind of checklist of things from that, you'll have everything that you need. Um, and then you just need to make sure you you obviously bring all that along with you. You, ha you have your ID and you have that docket, um, which is collected, I think, by the supervisor in the exams. And we mentioned earlier, that's not something that you want to be running around the morning of exam doing. So you should have all that ready and all that in a, in a bag or in a pocket or in something that you know yeah. is, is all ready to go. It's like having your passport packed the night before you travel, yeah, isn't yeah. it? It's like and I, I think people are looking for, um, you know, that if, if there's any things like that that are causing you stress at the moment, just um, take away that that kind of unfamiliarity. Just read through the instructions, read, um, check through that exam docket so you know exactly what to expect when you get there, that you can just completely focus on the paper. Okay, so we're going to finish up there this week. Um, once again, I suppose the last thing to do is wish you all the best of luck in your exam. Uh, if everyone has listened to our advice over the last few weeks, hopefully you'll all do great. The key, as we said, is focus on exam technique. Don't panic and you'll be fine. If you are thinking of joining LearnSignal, go onto the LearnSignal website. Remember, we have our Black Friday 40% off annual offer. If you go on and register as a new member and enter the coupon code ACCA Black Friday, you'll be able to avail of that. So thanks for listening and see you again next week. Bye-bye, everybody.